0: So long, but so long, to get a little light inside. I, hey, Welcome to another episode of Big Girl Panties. I'm Jennifer Hodugatz. I was a new mom living off of $100 a week, which was the money that was given to me by my son's father as child support. It's difficult to live anywhere off of $100 a week, let alone New York, where $100 barely gets you dinner at a restaurant. All I had known was ballroom dancing, which was at this point in the rearview mirror. And if you haven't heard about this yet, please listen to the episode titled Partnerless Pregnancy. The dance teacher life of working noon to 10 p.m. was not conducive to me being a single mom, and childcare was astronomical compared to my income. In New York alone, childcare can cost up to $1,600 a month. So in lieu of room and board... I was asked to take care of my chronically ill grandmother. So let's talk about my grandmother. This is a hard one for me to talk about, and I just want to clarify this. It's not because I miss her, but because I can't find anything nice to say. I mean, I sat here racking my brain, but I could come up with nothing. My grandmother was a diabetic who could care less about her diet and continued to eat unhealthy food. She'd been obese for most of her life and weighed 300 pounds less the leg she had lost due to her lack of self-care. She was far from the nicest of women as well. So much so that my memories of her being loving and caring are very few and far between. Frankly, she made my family's life a living nightmare most of the time through her verbal and emotional abuse. She was much like the woman in Mommy Dearest. On the outside, she was kind to strangers and neighbors, but when the door would shut, all hell would break loose. No wire hangers ever! So this was the only choice I felt I had was to move in with her. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life, better yet, how I was going to take care of my newborn son, Aiden. I had worked in an office for a few months, but I was fired due to my long absence from panic attacks. This was covered in the episode Raw. I had very little skill sets. I had worked with high-end restaurants as a hostess and another as a manager. I was a ballroom teacher, I was a receptionist, and had gone to Temple University for psychology, but that was all I had known. On top of all of the hardship I was experiencing, I also felt an enormous amount of shame for where I was in my adult life, and the record that kept playing in my head was that I did nothing with my life so far. I was 27, a new mother, and lost. It had felt like I had been playing musical chairs up until now. Every time the music would start playing, I would jump up and go wherever my heart desired, like a feather floating in the wind until the music ended, and I would land in an open seat thinking I was safe as my life was going along just fine. Until one day when the music stopped, and there was no empty seat, nowhere to go. Feeling as if I was floating in the ether of uncertainty. The silence of what was to happen next was deafening, and it was all I could think about. I spent my days cooking, cleaning, taking my grandmother in and out of the bathroom, bathing her, changing her clothes, and taking care of my son Aiden. My grandmother slept a lot during the day, which gave me time to do house chores and be with my son, but it also had a trade-off. Because my room was next to my grandmother's, she would wake me repeatedly during the night. Oh, help. Someone, help me. And if it was a really fun night, my son would wake up as well. At times, it was like a circus act of catching plates. Once my grandmother would settle down, my son would wake up, or vice versa. And if I was lucky, both of them would go back to sleep, and I could catch some shut eye, only to awaken in what felt like minutes to start the day all over again. It was hard, exhausting, and took every ounce of my being those days, and it had become my life. I didn't sleep for more than three hours at a clip for months as the two people I was taking care of were on opposite schedules with me as their caretaker. The months that went by took years off my life. I was hungry for some direction, some little inkling that there was more for me in this life that I could actually be someone someday. And just like that, the music started to play again. My friend Jenny called me up to come with her to a professional organizer training with a company she was going to work for. I said yes immediately. I mean, nothing was going to be a no in my book, as in those days, I felt I had no direction. We went to the training together, and the friendly woman explained all of the supplies we needed to have with us, the way we helped their clients, and of course, the company protocol for different situations. I had nearly taken down every word she said so that I could get and keep the job. I didn't want to fail at this, as it meant my being able to provide for my son. The trainer ended the meeting by saying that it could take up to a month for our first job to come in. And it'll be sporadic to start. But I couldn't afford to wait. It sounded like even more uncertainty to me. After Jenny and I left, I went straight home. As I was sitting there studying my frantic notes, it dawned on me that I could do this by myself. I mean, why would I want to work for this company? So Craigslist research ensued. I looked up every ad I could for professional organizers and copied them into one document. I compared their fees. I looked up companies and what they were charging and what services they had. I chose the best parts of each one and created a services list based on what I would like to do, undercharged for all of it, and created my own ad on Craigslist. Soon. Little did I know the first person to call would open doorways to a future I would have never imagined. Joyce had asked all of the questions of a person wanting to hire a consultant What services did I offer? How long did I think it would take? Did I have references? And in a couple of days, I had my first day at my new job, and soon enough, I had three repeat clients that took up most of my week. Over the next few months, I learned so much about the three ladies that I worked for. Joyce was a middle-aged woman who had been cooking food for people with specific nutritional needs and lifestyles. How she got to that point was nothing less than miraculous. She had been diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer years back, and was now cancer-free after a mix of low-dose radiation and a holistic lifestyle. She loved to hold onto paper. Rochelle was a woman in her 60s that owned a party planning company. She just needed some decluttering, but it was really that she couldn't focus long enough to organize it herself. And Karen who was in her 50s, who was, in every sense of the word, a hoarder. One day, my professional organizing shifted. Joyce and I talked about our lives most of the time I was there, organizing her life. I learned Joyce was uncertain about her future, a place I knew all too well. Her partner, who did most of the cooking, was leaving, and she didn't know what she was wanting to do next. So I asked her what it was that she really wanted in her life. Like if her life was a blank slate and she could do whatever she wanted, what would that look like? And her response, I want to write a book about my journey. I asked what was stopping her. And so there we were, her writing her book. And I started to take on a more active role in her new business of being a health and wellness coach. I had taken on a much more active role in Rochelle's business as well. It started off with little things that she asked, like if I could do organizing of her emails, setting up new email accounts, fixing her computer crashes, etc. She would ask my opinion on ideas for upcoming party themes, as each event had its own. One day I came into her office, and she had asked if I knew graphic design, as she needed a logo created for an upcoming bar mitzvah. She needed it by the next two days. I said yes, even though I had no idea how to create a logo, and I didn't know the first thing about Photoshop or Illustrator, which is the industry standards for graphic design. It's funny what happens when you're hungry, and how far you'll go for your child. I said yes to making the logo, and I had two days to not only come up with the concept and design it, but also to learn the software to make it. I came home after my day at Rochelle's and downloaded a free trial version of Photoshop. I was going to do whatever it took to get at least three concepts to her. So I stayed up all night long learning how to use Photoshop from different websites. I would practice making shapes and bending them, blending colors, learning what buttons did what, and how to create layers and masks, what the different file extensions meant, until I had been able to create something of use. The next day, in between cooking, cleaning, taking care of my grandmother and Aiden, I would sit at the computer and dive right back into my Photoshop studies. And that night, I had continued the logo designing until 10 a.m. the next day when they were due. I got back to Rochelle's and showed her the three logos I had come up with. She loved them and started asking for more. I mean, to her, it looked like I knew what I was doing this whole time. Little did she know, I had stayed up nearly 48 hours to create these. I know I had a new tool that I could use. But it was one that I had no want or need before she asked. I soon was designing business cards for Joyce and Rochelle and anything else that they wanted to create. If there was something that they needed for their business, whether it was building a website, running their email campaigns, automating their business with CRM software, my response was always yes, and then I would learn how to do it after by spending every free second learning how to make it happen. The next few years, I stopped organizing and grew into taking on their entire business operations. Other people started hiring me to help them with their startup businesses and operations, and soon they would go from startup to making over $750,000 in a year. I had found my seat again in the game of life's musical chairs. I went from an ex-ballroom dancer struggling single mom to running startups. I learned to embrace uncertainty because what in our lives are certain anyway? So startups were perfect for me. I also began to see that mindset was a huge piece for entrepreneurs, so I started on my own path of self-discovery and self-mastery, and soon was coaching groups around it. I quickly married the startup consultations and mindset coaching, and voila, here I am. Since that first call from my Craigslist ad, I have been COO for over seven companies, started a top podcast producing company called The Hanger Studios, have helped over 100 people produce results in their lives through coaching, and I'm currently in the process of launching my coaching company focused on the entrepreneur called the United Tribe. And of course, I've got this podcast. Although I've come a long way, I'm still as hungry as I was then. I always say, if you want to see what you're committed to, take a look at your results. So based on what you've created in your life, what are you really committed to? Are you truly happy with it? And if you're not, what are you choosing to do about it? How far will you go to create it? Yes, the music of life can stop and leave you absolutely seatless. But that can also be an opportunity for a life you've never imagined. So learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. To look at what's possible that was once impossible. And to be open to whatever comes your way. As always, I encourage you to get out there, put on your big girl panties, and connect with your world. And if you want to connect with me or see any corresponding pictures or documents pertaining to this episode, you can find Big Girl Panties on Facebook. And until next time, this is Jennifer Hodukatz. Big Girl Panties is hosted and produced by Jennifer Hodugets at The Hanger Studios in New York City.